Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. This is the Wednesday edition for week nine. Um, firstly, I do apologize uh, on Justin's behalf. He was not able to be a part of the podcast for tonight's episode simply because of his uh, personal obligations. He, he has a pretty busy life at the moment, um, especially this month. So uh, wishing the best in uh, completing the things that he needs to at this time. Uh he has my blessing to to not worry about the episode tonight, and we'll we'll see where he is uh, next week and uh, probably the next couple weeks afterwards. But regardless, uh, we're back into things. Uh, we missed yesterday's show, so we're going to do kind of a combination show of what we would talk about yesterday as well as today. So that means the Monday and Tuesday games um, and the news from you know the last couple of days kind of before tonight's game so we're not going to talk about anything from uh wednesday night's action we'll talk about news kind of from that day but um you'll kind of see more what we're talking about as we get into it um so we'll just jump right in we'll do our game summaries um and i kind of have some rough summaries i was able to get from uh nba tv they had some great summaries they did on i think they do this most nights um but Regardless, uh, we had seven games on Monday night. I just, I'll just run through these real quick. Firstly, uh, the Miami Heat won in Indiana against the Pacers. Uh, Bam Adebayo had 17 boards, strong performance from him. Indiana had a season low in uh, total points for their team, and Tyrese Halliburton had kind of a poor game. Uh, that was, you know, kind of a brief summary of the story there for uh, the Pacers as Miami was able to get that win. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets won in Washington against the Wizards. This is the seventh straight Washington loss. That's been a story we've talked about very briefly with our power rankings. So, of course, Washington kind of continues to slide in some respects. Um, you know, Brooklyn, you know, just another strong game from Kyrie and Durant. You know, they keep keep on keeping on, and the Nets have kind of been the reverse story. They've emerged as one of the top half teams in the Eastern Conference, certainly, maybe even in that top five or six. Um, I think they're certainly in that as far as records at the current moment, but we'll see kind of how that goes forward as the season progresses. Uh, next, the Memphis Grizzlies won at home against the Atlanta Hawks, despite not having John Morant. Uh, meanwhile, the Hawks were without Trey Young themselves, so kind of both stars gone for those teams. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. set a new career high eight blocks that I would profit about. That's probably also a, a season high across the league eight blocks are certainly in that top three uh, block performances up to this point in the season. Uh, Memphis just dominated the game in the paint and had a much higher field goal percentage. They were able to win that game against Atlanta. Uh, Next Dallas Mavericks won at home against the Oklahoma city thunder defended home court. And it was really a battle between SGA Shea Gilgis Alexander and Luka Doncic, as you would expect um, those two kind of led the way for their respective squads. SGA had a little bit more exciting uh, scoring game, but Luca just a little bit more overall impact, at least from what I saw. Again, Dallas able to win that game. Uh, San Antonio Spurs won at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers in an exciting last-minute affair. The Spurs bench had some some great performance in that game, uh, and there was a great last-second kind of sequence where Keldon Johnson gets a big clutch block, They, you know, Cleveland had a few opportunities with some of their best players to get some some shots to fall. They weren't able to make it happen, Uh, but Spurs get another win. They're starting to piece some wins together, and 
uh, things are looking up a little bit in San Antonio, so that's good for them. Uh, Portland Trailblazers defended home court against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves were aided by Gobert, 20 rebounds, huge rebounding effort. Um, pretty closely matched, though, by Yusuf Nurkic. He had 16 boards himself. Um, but for Minnesota, they just couldn't overcome Damian Lillard, who tied his career high in three-pointers made in a game with 11. And I believe that's tied for third most in a game by any player in NBA history. Uh, he finished with 38 total points. Lillard, great to see that he's pretty much back to full form after some early injury issues this season, nagging kind of injuries. So great to see him have that kind of a game. He's one of my favorite players personally, uh, but he powers Portland to a win in that game. And finally, the last game from the Monday night slate, uh, the, the LA Clippers won at home against the Boston Celtics. And it was kind of a uh, a rough game for Boston, to say the least. They were 23% from three-point range. Meanwhile, for L.A., Kawhi and Paul George combined for 51 points. Kawhi had his best game of the season. Even though it's early, Kawhi's still working his way back from injury. I think he had 25 points himself. Um, and the Clippers won that game. And that was the second of back-to-back losses for the Celtics, which was important to note for a team that, um, you know, had won so much and – you know, as of my our most recent power rankings, they're the number one ranked team. Uh, so a big loss to the Clippers, big win for the Clippers. Uh, and that summarizes our Monday night action. Next, let's talk about our Tuesday action. I don't have quite as thorough of notes, but we'll just kind of go through, see what we can uh, see what we find from Tuesday. Firstly, Philadelphia 76ers won at home against the Sacramento Kings, 123 to 103. Um they had 80 points in the first half, a uh, huge game against the Kings. They dominated pretty much most of this game. Uh, for Sacramento, they had 22 and 10 for Sabonis. Solid game from him. Meanwhile, Fox, Murray, Barnes kind of had some struggling moments. Monk was still all right off the bench. But the Sixers just played a great all-round game. Harden, 21 points, 15 assists, and seven boards. Embiid, 31.7 rebounds. Uh, Tobias Harris added 21 points of his own. 15 from Matisse Steibel, who got the start for Philadelphia. I think that, personally, I would tend to think that's the right move, getting Steibel more involved in this uh, this team. I don't know why he hasn't been playing more up to this point. Um, but yeah, big win for Philadelphia at home against Sacramento. Next, the Milwaukee Bucks won at home against the Golden State Warriors. Um 20th victory of the season for Milwaukee. They controlled this game pretty much throughout. Uh, for Golden State, their leading scorer was Curry with 20 points. Uh, Jordan Poole not far behind with 18. Uh, sorry, Kaminga had 19 as well. Uh, Clay Thompson, 14. So they had five guys in double figures, none of them over 20 points. So meanwhile, for Milwaukee, uh, their big – well, no, not their big three – their two main all-stars, Chris Middleton had 20 points. Giannis, of course, 30 points, 12 boards, uh, 16 from Grayson Allen. And then Bobby Portis off the bench added 25 points on 11 boards. Uh, uh, severely underrated as a sixth man uh, in this league and candidate for sixth man of the year, as he has been in uh, the last year or two prior. Uh, so Milwaukee, just a little bit better all-around team. And they're certainly a better team up to this point in the season than Golden State has been. So they get the win there in Milwaukee. And there's a 
uh, news story from that game. We'll talk about it in just a second. Um, next, the Houston Rockets upset the, excuse me, the Phoenix Suns in Houston. That was 111 to 97. The Houston Rockets won that game. Um, this is also Steven Silas's return to the the uh, sideline. I think he did not coach the last game or two simply because he was taking time to himself after the passing of his father, Paul Silas. Uh, but he's back coaching the team and they're able to get the win. Perhaps there was a boost there, you know, wanting to get a win for their coach uh, in, in this important time in his life. I won't try and read too much into it, especially not knowing much about the, the team, the culture around the team, the locker room, but you know, you'd like to think that kind of thing happens and, you know, good for Houston to get a win in that moment. Um, for Phoenix, they were led by Mikael Bridges, 18 points. Um, Devin Booker's still not in the lineup for this game. Uh, Chris Ball, 16 points. He's starting to kind of get back into a rhythm, but he's still been struggling uh, in this early point of his return from that injury. Um, Corey Craig led the rebounding with 12 boards. Aiton left early with, I think, some sort of an injury. Uh, meanwhile, for Houston, uh, strong game from Jalen Green again, 26 points. Shangoon, the center, 16 boards. Jabari Smith Jr., 14 points, 8 rebounds. He's been slowly getting a little bit better. Their uh, third overall pick from the last draft. Um, prized rookie, you know, you'd like to see continued improvement for him. Uh, Houston, just with kind of all their players, they're doing a little bit better. And Phoenix, uh, as the NBA website says slumping. They're, they're struggling for whatever reason. Devin Booker being gone is certainly a big factor, um, but overall they've they've struggled. Next, high point for me, uh, Larry Markin and, and the Jazz and the Pelicans win streak. Yes, so uh, the Utah Jazz win at home against the New Orleans Pelicans, 121 to 100. Um, that's a huge win for Utah, and it was pretty back and forth through that first half, but then Utah took a lead in that second half and was able to win it uh, for new Orleans. They were led by Zion Williamson, 26 points. Uh, meanwhile, only Valanchunas and McCollum were in double figures as well. 15 for Valanchunas, 14 for McCollum. Uh, no other double figure scorers. Trey Murphy with zero points as a starter, uh, six points for Herbert Jones as the other starter. And that's pretty, uh, pretty impactful to not have that strong scoring as well as no, Great bench scoring. The leading score off the bench was Willie Hernan Gomez with nine. Meanwhile, for Utah, good, solid, all-around team game. Uh, Vanderbilt, 18 points, 14 boards. He's been really great on the rebounding edge this season, especially the last few games, it seems. Walker Kessler added 16 boards of his own and 11 rebounds for Larry Markin. So the rebounding, a huge uh, impact for the Jazz. Markin led the – no, sorry, Malik Beasley led the way, scoring 21 off the bench for him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 19, as did Larry Markkinen. Um, and, yeah, just a great all-around team victory for Utah. Great to see that myself as a Jazz fan. Uh, finally, the last of the five games from the Tuesday slate. Let me double-check something from Mondays. Okay, no, we're good. The last game from the Tuesday slate, this was our only overtime game from those two days. Um, the very last game, this was, I think, an ESPN uh, game or a TNT game. It was a national broadcast game. I know that much. Um, but Jason Tatum drops 44 on Lakers in Celtics wild overtime victory is the NBA headline. Uh, the final score, Boston Celtics win this one on the road in Los Angeles against the Lakers, 122 to 118. You look at the game chart, 
Boston had a huge lead and it just collapsed in the fourth quarter. Lakers took a big lead. Boston kind of regained composure, forced overtime, and they were able to win in overtime, come out on top. Uh, Looking at the box score for Los Angeles, LeBron and Anthony Davis led the charge, as you would expect. Uh, LeBron, 33 points, 9 boards, 9 assists. Anthony Davis, 37 points, 12 boards. Uh, Westbrook added 20 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 blocks off the bench. So they had, you know, that strong big three performance. Um, Not a depth of scoring outside of that. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, Jalen Brown had 25 points and 15 rebounds. Tatum led the way scoring-wise, though, 44 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. He had a great game in this one. Uh, Derek White, 10. Marcus Smart, 18. Similar to the Lakers, but just a little bit stronger duo, Brown and Tatum, than James and Davis in some senses as far as being able to get the win for their team. Boston gets back uh, after back-to-back losses. They get back in the win column. So big win for them, big loss for Los Angeles as they've continued their recent kind of skid after some great momentum they had uh, for a a week or two prior. So that gets us caught up on uh, the game summaries from the last uh, several days. Let me go ahead and get that updated in our – we have a a Google Doc basically where we – kind of keep our our notes and what we're going to talk about so with that let's go ahead and get right to the next segment our key news there's a couple stories to talk about uh our our notes with our key news again this is not covering wednesday's action so if you're wondering why i didn't talk about stuff from wednesday we'll talk about it next show because there's definitely a lot to talk about from tonight but the the two main things to note Firstly, a fan was ejected from Tuesday's contest between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. That was in Milwaukee. Uh, He was ejected for threatening, quote-unquote, threatening comments made toward Draymond Green. Uh, From what I saw, it was during the game, Draymond heard these comments, and he instantly pointed out the fan to the official. Um, From what I read, the official was very much in agreement as soon as he heard whatever this fan said, that this fan should be removed from the game. Um, and it continued a conversation that's been had kind of in the the background of a lot of different league storylines. One of the things that's been a smaller note has been uh, player-fan interactions, especially Draymond Green. This is the second uh, event of note in this category in the last uh, several weeks. So not a great trend to see, especially if the, these interactions are hostile or uh, negative. So worth noting. Uh, there's conversations or at least he's posed some, some thoughts on maybe some greater legislation on the league's behalf on trying to correct some of these issues, but something to keep in mind as we go forward. Uh, the other main story, the NBA revealed revamped trophies for some of the biggest awards in the, uh, the NBA awards kind of chase. They've done, they did some updates last year to some of these types of things or the last couple of years. Uh, of course, before last year's finals they unveiled the new larry o'brien trophy similar design just a little bit more updated uh same type of story with these awards so but they also now have names for certain nba legends kind of who fit that award so the first uh so they've revealed the revamp trophy for the most improved player that one will now be named after george mikan the lakers great 
the six man of the year trophy, which will now be named after John Havlicek, one of the first great six men. Uh, rookie of the year trophy that is now named after Wilt Chamberlain, certainly one of the great rookies in NBA history, as well as one of the great players in NBA history. Uh, defensive player of the year named for Hakeem Olajuwon now, the all-time blocks leader and he, a winner of that award several times, uh, two or three times at least. And finally, the MVP trophy, which will be named after Michael Jordan. He's a five-time MVP winner, uh, not to mention arguably still the greatest player in NBA history. Uh, so they've revamped those five trophies, and they've added another trophy to this slate, uh, a trophy they have not awarded in the past, but there's a new trophy called the Clutch Player of the Year, uh, and this trophy will be named for Jerry West. So a new trophy uh, for the awards at the end of the season, new names, new designs for these trophies. They look pretty incredible. I was a little disappointed that Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, they kind of blend together. It's the same general idea kind of a crystalline, almost a cup shape, and a player, a golden player inside. But the player positioning and stuff is different depending on the award. So there are differences, but they can kind of blend together. Meanwhile, MVP stands out. It's an actual just player, you know, not encased in anything, standing, kind of hoisting up a basketball, uh, reminiscent in some ways of the the historic MVP trophy. But regardless – it's cool to see either way. You know, I think it'll be, it'll bring a little bit more intrigue, I suppose, to uh, the awards. They look a little bit more prestigious. There there was maybe a little bit of a dated feel with some of those trophies they had before. So regardless, it's pretty cool to see. Um, okay. So that takes us through game summaries, key news. Again, we'll talk about Wednesday night's action on tomorrow's show. So now let's get into our kind of combination of what we talk about with the Tuesday show as well as the Wednesday show. So we're going to talk award chases first, and I don't think there's a ton to update us on here. So this might just be a few minutes. I mean, if you look at what players have done and what teams have done, there's maybe a few more names that can kind of enter this conversation. Um, while I'm getting this info pulled up, I mean, Luca leads the league in scoring still. So he's certainly in that race. Uh, Shagels Alexander, Jason Tatum for like a, a scoring title, but if we're talking kind of MVP, I think your front runner has, you know, the first few weeks it was more definitely in favor of Luca because we weren't as clear on the records picture and how teams individually were doing, but now that conversation has shifted and I think Tatum has become the front runner um, because of what Boston's been able to do and his all round game. I mean, we know he's a great scorer but he's been rebounding very well. And he's also been playing a great defensive game within their team defensive scheme. So you'd, you'd have to be your front runner at this point. You, you mentioned a Durant in that mix simply because of how Brooklyn has rebounded after a very ugly beginning of the season. Uh, you could maybe talk about, I, you'd have to talk about Giannis, even though there's potentially voter fatigue there as well as Nicole Jokic. Um, and outside of those guys, I mean, with the Suns' recent slide, Devin Booker's name takes a hit. Donovan Mitchell isn't as notable as he was in the early stretch, even though Cleveland's still doing quite well. So that would be kind of my take on the uh, MVP-type conversation. Um, let's go ahead and get Rookie of the Year pulled up. This is one that is still pretty clear-cut as far as who you'd pick. With his return, 
you have to think that Bancaro is still the front runner. Twenty, nearly twenty-two points, seven boards, four assists. Uh, Matherin is close-ish. You know, seventeen and a half points per game off the bench. He's in that six man of the year kind of conversation. Jay Nivey would be third. Jabari Smith Jr. is making a little bit of more of a push, especially with Houston's success, but it's still pretty much Bancaro's award to lose. You know, barring further injury um, or a huge drop off in performance, I would say he'd be your pick. For Defensive Player of the Year, uh, again, this one's a little bit more hard to pinpoint. I like Anthony Davis still for this pick. He's been remarkable defensively, uh, and it's been an all-round game. You know, I mean, he's been tremendous. And 1.3 steals per game, um, 2.2 blocks, the rebounding as well. I mean, he's leading the league in rebounding. He would be my pick. Um, But outside of him, I mean, you could mention Gobert, but he hasn't been as effective. Zubats is a nice name. Uh, I think Brooke Lopez has been mentioned as a – a contender he's leading league in blocks per game 2.9 so that's that's a big move for him to be in that conversation og ananobi leading league in steals so not as clear but there's plenty of names that are good i personally would like to see anthony davis in that conversation most improved i, th- I would think shea gilgis alexander would be your front runner at this point um i mean scoring alone he would easily be your pick anthony simons would be another good solid choice here i think 23 points per game kind of filling that void that was left a few years ago by C- the cj C- mccollum trade excuse me um tyrese halliburton could be another great pick leading league in assists he's done great um and what are other awards we're talking about here gotta get this pulled up again um yeah coach of the year i mean i, I think joe Mazzullo would be your pick uh, followed probably closely by J.B. Bickerstaff in the West. Certainly Willie Green has entered that conversation. Um, so, yeah, we I mean, we didn't talk about every award. Again, six-man, I would probably say, um, yeah, I mean, Westbrook is a good name to throw in that mix. Matherin, um, Bobby Portis has been good. Malik Beasley has been really good recently, so... Um, that's a real brief kind of rundown of our awards chases type conversation. So again, a little informal, we'll hopefully have a little bit more clear uh, way to talk about that in the future. Um, but regardless, let's go ahead and talk about weekly predictions. Now this is the uh, the one I'm not prepared for because I didn't make a prediction before I got this on the show. I was planning before a little while ago, I was planning on having Justin. And so we kind of, like the idea of you know we do a, a pre pre-show meeting and we figure out what we're going to talk about and we figure that out at that point so i haven't made a prediction but let me go ahead and look at and i'll talk out loud we'll talk through this and um i'll talk out loud and kind of figure out what my prediction is going to be um let's see I kind of look at what teams are doing lately wizards have lost their last eight games Hornets have lost their last six. Um, but Lamella Ball did return for them. Uh, for the West, six game win streak for Memphis. They're tied with New Orleans now. Um, a lot of this is probably including tonight's games. Phoenix sliding. We need to look that up. This will probably be um, kind of a blend. 
of news. Let's see. It looks like in that game that Phoenix lost to the Rockets, they, again, I mentioned very, very briefly, they lost DeAndre Ayton to an injury and Cameron Payne as well. And that is going to be a big news story. Um, Devin Booker dealing with an ailment. Left hamstring tightness pulled in the fourth quarter against their first of the two matchups they had against the Pelicans. Um, let's see. Day to day. Yeah, so it looks like there's not a really big clear update on Devin Booker. We certainly hope that he's able to get back into the lineup soon. Eight, losing Aiton and Cameron Payne as well, that is huge for this Phoenix team. And that's really going to impact their chances in that Western Conference. Um, hmm. I'm also taking this moment to take care of a hangnail I have. Hmm. Okay. I think I've got the beginnings of a potential prediction here. Um, okay. I will go ahead and throw this out here. Here is my prediction. Uh, by the end of the season, Damian Lillard will be in the top three in the MVP conversation. There's my bold prediction. Um, again, it's a very brief, uh, a very, uh, kind of rushed choice, but I think there's a good chance for it. Uh, maybe a top three name in the writing is down for future reference. The MVP conversation. Okay. So we have a prediction. By the end of the season, Damian Lillard will be a top three name in the MVP conversation. So again, these are things we'll we'll check as we get to that point of the the year to where we see how these fanned out. But uh, regardless, thanks again, everyone who, uh, who listens and has listened or uh, are just beginning to listen to the show. Really appreciate it. Um, before we finish up, let's talk about a few kind of scheduling things. Firstly, um, if you've listened to, to most of the episodes or happen to catch one of the episodes, we, we've wanted to do, or I've wanted to do on Every Thursday, I wanted to focus on a specific franchise and talk about their current state of affairs, how that franchise is doing within the last few years, their outlook going forward. Um, highlight a random team from that franchise's history just to chat about because it's fun to chat about and to learn more about NBA history and outline a legend from that franchise's history that doesn't get a lot of love. The one time we've done this, we talked we're going alphabetical by team or team moniker or mascot name, however you want to uh, label that. So we talked about the Philadelphia 76ers and we talked about um, how they're looking going forward, kind of those same general conversations everyone has about, you know, how, what Harden can do for this team, the general health. Cause I think he had just recently gone out with an injury at that point. The one and only time we did this was in week two or three. And this is supposed to be a weekly thing. The plan was by the end of the season, we've done most teams, you know, that'd be about 25 weeks in the season. 
And so by that point, we'd done, we would have done all but just a handful of teams. And we could talk about some of those teams uh, in the beginning of the playoffs or before the playoffs start. That was kind of my plan. Uh, the problem is, I don't think we've done, the last time we did a Thursday show was with Justin because it worked better for his schedule. Otherwise, we've missed a ton of Thursday shows uh, simply due to my poor planning, uh, poor motivation. Regardless, we've only done the one team and we're on week nine. And so I've had it in the back of my mind the last few weeks that we probably need to do some update shows. Plus, with the holidays coming up, we're going to have some modified schedules. So I thought it'd be helpful to, for myself as well as the listening audience, talk about the schedule going forward. Firstly, we'll have a normal schedule the rest of this week. Thursday and Friday, we'll have our show. So nothing to change there. Next week, we'll have shows Monday through Wednesday. So 19th, 20th, and 21st of December of our normal programming. However, Thursday and Friday, we will not have shows uh, in observance of the holiday season. Uh, I'll be personally getting ready to travel home to visit family for that holiday uh, holiday weekend. So we're not going to have a show Thursday or Friday of that week or Monday or Tuesday of the next week. So 22nd, 23rd, as well as 26th and 27th, we will not have a show. So Wednesday the 21st will be our last show until Wednesday the 28th. So again, next week, Monday through Wednesday, and the following week, Wednesday through Friday. The week after that, the first week of the new year, 2023, that is the week of January 1st through the 7th. We will have our normal show on Monday, the 2nd, um, but we will not have a show Tuesday or Wednesday. That is the 3rd and the 4th. Again, just personal plans, so I will not be able to do a show then. But we'll be back on Thursday of that week, the 5th, and then we should be uh, back on normal schedule for the foreseeable future. So starting next week, the next three weeks, um, the last two weeks of this year and the first week of next year, we'll miss six total days that are scheduled. So just something to keep in mind, but that also adds some more complication to our getting caught up on franchise focus, as we've kind of called it. So what we'll do is I think the best plan is going to be this Saturday. We'll do probably a couple of catch up shows um, and potentially plan some additional shows throughout these next five days to get us a little bit closer to that goal. So these catch-up episodes will be little bonus episodes where we just focus on a specific franchise and talk through those points. And that'll be the plan going forward. So again, next week, Monday through Wednesday, we'll have a normal show. We'll not have a show again until the following Wednesday, the 28th. And then in January, we'll miss the third and the fourth. So just thought it'd be helpful to give that quick update Now let's wrap up the show that we have a clear picture going forward. Wrap it up with our This Day in History closing fact. Uh, And I had to pick this one if you know me, but I'll, you know, kind of tell you why. So This Day in History, December 14th, 1985, the Utah Jazz retired Pete Maravich's uniform number seven. Uh, Quote, unquote, Pistol Pete, that's his nickname, averaged 24.2 points per game in 10 NBA seasons, which... His career ended in 1979 to 1980. Um, I had to pick this one because Pistol Pete is my personal favorite player of all time. Um, it might be an odd pick simply because he 
he passed away 10 years before I was even born. He played in the seventies and, you know, I would have no personal recollection of that. You know, I have numerous players that I've loved watching in my personal and, you know, basketball experience, NBA experience. But from what I've seen of Pistol Pete and I've actually read through his biography a couple of times, he's someone that I have connected with, you know, maybe it's absolutely one way street, you know, he's, he's long since passed. And again, uh, rest in peace for our pistol Pete Maravich, but he's, there's just something about him that I really resonate with. That's probably the better way of saying it. Um, so I had to pick that fact, you know, even though I only played half of one season in Utah, um, you know, he, or maybe it was one season. Um, he's more with the new Orleans franchise, of course, back when the team first started, he didn't really ever get a chance to fully uh, display what he is capable of. His best year was, you know, he was his most healthy. He had a coach that worked well with him in Elgin Baylor. He averaged 30 points per game that year, 31 points per game, I believe. And uh, 76, no, 77, sorry, 1976, 77 season. And, you know, outside of that, he had a lot of injury issues. He had, coaches that didn't always fit his style uh he had trouble kind of working well with his teammates because of who he was as a person um i could talk a lot about pistol pete but just had to highlight him here undoubtedly an nba legend uh, but regardless again thanks everyone for listening hopefully this update has helped we're kind of back on schedule and we have a clear idea of what the show will look like going forward these next few weeks with the holiday season um but again thanks for listening And uh, we'll be back shortly.